Hello and welcome to the next episode of Pharmacast, the official podcast from the School of Pharmacy at Queen's University Belfast. This is the next podcast in our student experience theme um, and this time the topic of conversation will really centre around preparation for exams which will be coming up um, much more quickly than a lot of people expect it as is the way. So we're again joined by Adam and Molly who have been uh, front and centre of the student experience theme podcasts over the last few episodes but just by way of reminder, Adam, Molly, if you want to just introduce yourselves again very quickly, that'd be great. Yeah, uh, yes, my name's Adam and I'm glad to be back for episode three of this podcast. It'll be a really good discussion. Hi, my name's Molly. Um, as well, it's great to be back too and it'd be good to hear back from other students about ideas for new podcasts as well. So it's good to be back. Good stuff. Thanks, Molly. We're also joined by Dr. Paul McCaig today as well, who, amongst other things, is our Director for Student Engagement and Support here at the school. So, Paul, just for maybe a few seconds, do you want to introduce yourself, talk a little bit about your role at the school in terms of that particular lead role, um, just before we start to talk about exams on the podcast? Thanks very much, Dan. Yes, and it's great to be uh, here on the podcast this morning. So, as Dan said, my role is Director for Student Support and Engagement. I oversee um all issues around pastoral academic support that students may have so that includes overseeing the functioning of the personal tutor scheme Um, and I also uh, meet with students as part of their induction um, and whenever things aren't going so well uh, during student support meetings uh, throughout the academic year. Great stuff. Thanks very much, Paul. So as we've already mentioned then, the the topic of today's podcast is really around thinking about exams, preparing for examinations and the support that's there within the school for students who are getting ready to take those examinations. And one of the first things I wanted to ask you guys was around any advice that you had sort of as the exams are approaching. Um, At this particular point in the year, exams are probably starting to appear in the head a little bit as you're starting to look forward over the next few months. So I guess Adam and Molly, I wanted to start with you guys first, just in terms of any advice you might have as you're starting to think about revision, as you're starting to kick up a gear with revision, and also as exams are blooming around the corner, what sort of advice might you have for everybody who's listening to the podcast? Um, I think probably like the first thing that comes to mind when I'm thinking of exams, especially with the way things went last year for my own self I think it's starting early is a big thing so realising like now we're into February you only really have your March and your April and then really after that once you get off you know that your exams are going to be early May so and I think sometimes you forget as well that you're still having your same schedule of lectures it doesn't get any less busy if anything it almost kind of speeds up towards the end of the year and you're trying to get everything covered so it is really important just to go to go back to to square one almost and go back from everything that you had been doing originally in semester one Um, and I definitely would say as well keep it on top of your notes because I think that was a thing that for my own self because I know I like having condensed notes to learn off of then but last year I definitely like it was coming towards the end of March early April and I was still making notes but I still was waiting to go and learn those notes so I would have been making copious amounts of notes but not actually applying that, that learning then and applying the knowledge onto past paper questions and things like that until it was almost too late then to properly learn from it so a big thing I'd probably like 100% say would be to start early like start as early as you can and it doesn't have to be huge amounts at the start just even an hour or two in the evening just getting yourself into that good routine and then as your sort of your schedule is getting faster you can sort of start to build up a few more hours and definitely making use of your weekends as well because um, and that's another thing if you do have a part-time job that's taking up quite a lot of your time I think this is the time of the year to start to be thinking about reducing your hours down and then just focusing on making sure you have enough time to study for exams. 
Great stuff. Adam, any words of wisdom? <clears throat> yeah, well, just it's very important, yeah, as Molly said, it's just start as early as you can. And it's, it's the small bit, even if you're just doing one lecture at a time, it's actually better to do it one lecture at a time. As we were speaking with Kieran in the last podcast, if you're doing smaller blocks, then it's more manageable. So sort of the way I sort of approach it would be, I'd write summarised notes in loads of colour, because that's the easiest way to make it stand out in your head. And then I go back and do past paper questions at the school, make available online with the notes, then leave it about a week, a week and a half, and try and do it without the notes. And then on top of that as well, last year, I tried to use an app called Quizlet, which lets you put in all the information you want to put in. Then you put in uh, your questions, your potential answers, and it'll make flashcards and quizzes that you can try. And it's different questions every time you go on. So that was a really good thing for me. Great stuff. Really good tips there. Paul, I guess over to you. Same sort of question. Um, is there advice that you would have from sort of your standpoint, from the school standpoint, for, for students listening as they're starting to think about revision and prepare for actually taking their exams as well? Yeah, so I suppose some of my advice, Dan, would come from my own experience of doing exams, which in some ways feels like yesterday, but in reality um, is much longer time uh, than than yesterday. But um, also from talking to students over the, the years as well about things that worked and things that unfortunately didn't work so well. But I think the advice that Molly gave um, was excellent around getting into the habit of doing things early. And maybe, as Molly said, getting into the habit of doing things uh, from now, you know, building in a few hours in the evenings or weekly throughout the year. And then by the time you get to revision season, you know, at over Easter holidays, things will obviously ramp up when students are off. And hopefully by then things will feel more manageable if you've been chipping away at it over the course um, of the academic year. And this will then leave you more time to start to apply what you've been learning over the year and practicing and doing those sample questions and assessments to test what you really know and uh, what you don't know. Uh, you know, we, I know from talking to students that the last minute cramming, you know, isn't helpful and isn't productive. And I know sometimes we don't have a choice around that and we feel the pressure coming up to the exam and it can be a, a temptation to cram. But we know that it doesn't work and those all-nighters in the library don't work either. You know, we need good sleep. We need seven or eight hours of sleep to help refresh the brain and uh, ensure that we're continuing to um, absorb information. So I think, you know, um, spreading it out over the semester, uh, doing chipping away and doing small manageable chunks. So, you know, doing, um, you know, six hours of revision over three days is much better than spending six hours in one day uh, trying to cram uh, everything in. Another piece of advice I would have would be to make a revision timetable. Uh, so look at your schedule for the uh, next number of weeks and build in dedicated time for your revision and stick to it. You know, if you've blocked out two or three hours a few times a week, stick to that and maintain that and use that as your revision time. And I think the other thing a revision timetable can help with, and it's again something Molly alluded to, was uh, part-time jobs. So it maybe can help you identify, I'm spending too much time in my part-time work, or I'm spending too much time socialising, or I'm spending too much time at another activity that I really should be spending on my revision. So timetable can be really helpful with that. Some students will use a old-fashioned paper diary, and that works really well for some students. Other students like to use apps that are available and, you know, their their phones, the calendars in their phones to um, plan that time um, effectively. Great stuff. Thanks, Paul. Again, lots of really good ideas there in terms of how to manage that time and how to actually kind of structure the revision as you're kind of getting prepped for exams there which is 
one of the main important things. I think another thing to mention is just to take in a break from the studying as well and building in time for that walk or a run or a workout or even a cup of tea just to get away from the books and uh, get away from your study space. Uh, That's really important as well. So again, planning uh, regular breaks and things like exercise into your schedule as well uh, to ensure that you're getting that balance. Sure, absolutely. I guess on that point, you know, this is maybe a good idea to, or opportunity to talk around this is that as you're starting to get closer to exams, Molly's already mentioned that February now, it's March before we know it, and then it's April, and then it's Easter, and then it's exam time. There's that sort of planning ahead with timing of, of everything as well when it comes to revision. It's probably quite easy to feel overwhelmed when it comes to getting ready for examinations with everything that's going on. Paul, could you give us a little bit of an overview in terms of what support is available within the school as a bit of a reminder for students who are listening um, about who they can reach out to, what support might be there to help them if they are feeling overwhelmed or even if they're starting to feel like they're becoming overwhelmed that they could engage with that might be able to help out? Yeah, Dan, thanks. So there's lots of support within the university and with it particularly within the school as well. So for me, the first first port of call for students would be their personal tutor. And uh, students will be familiar with their personal tutor from first year. Generally, students will keep the same personal tutor for the four years, although in some um, circumstances they may change. Um, but there is a resource on Canvas on PMY 1000. If students aren't sure who their personal tutor or their advisor of studies are, they can use that um, app to search uh, and get their email address uh, to contact them at any stage throughout the year. And the personal tutor will be able to give students good advice on what to do um, and signpost them to various resources uh, should they need them, whether that be for personal development or academic um, um, issues. The advisor of studies is also there as well and again the personal tutor may signpost to the advisor of studies uh, and advisor of studies tends to deal with more academic issues so for example if you're going to be off um, off university for a period of time and that's going to impact on your learning or indeed maybe you're going to be absent from some of the assessments uh, the advisor of studies will give you uh, the appropriate advice um, on what to do. I wonder if Adam and Molly have any experience with the, the personal tutor scheme or any uh, words of advice on that? Yeah, um, well, in my experience anyway, I think the personal tutor is a really good idea for all students to have, not rather than being a thing you have to sign up to, you're just assigned one. Because the hardest thing, especially I think we spoke before, about being sort of STEM students and not really admitting when you're struggling. So if you already know if you're just given that outlet and you're given the opportunity to speak to somebody rather than having to go and seek it out yourself you're more likely to use it and that thankfully in my experience I have not any sort of bad experiences where I've needed to use it but I've always known that it's there because in first year you had loads and loads of meetings maybe every maybe two or three months with everybody who was in your year group who also had that personal tutor and then from that point you knew if there ever was a problem you can always go back and even now during second third year there's been constant sort of check-ins where nothing has been bad to report back. We always know if there was something, you don't have to give a second thought to go into that person speaking. Yeah, no, definitely. I know with my, my own personal tutor, like, you still know every now and then you'll get an email just to see how everything's going. And it does, like, you, you sort of forget that that support network's there. So it is good to sort of remind yourself and to remind students to make use of your own personal tutor. And especially even, um, you can link with your personal tutor, even if it's, 
if you are feeling overwhelmed but it's not maybe the academic side too um, through student wellbeing they can always like they can um, sort of forward you on to them too and there's counselling sessions available with um, student wellbeing for all students and um, not only pharmacy students just if they're if they are feeling really overwhelmed and if they just feel as though that they need to talk to someone but it's a wee bit deeper that they need to sort of break down or just if they're like not feeling themselves or if they don't feel like it's something that they can go to their family or friends about so I think it's good because it's just impartial to everything and it's someone to talk to and someone that can listen to you as well. Yes and I think that's a really key point about the personal tutor scheme is that they are always there there's somebody to turn to um, if you do need uh, that listening ear or um, signposting and the personal tutors won't always have the won't be able to always deal with the issues themselves but one of their key roles is signposting you because there's so many resources within the university uh, that will be available to you and the personal tutor will know about them and will be able to get all students um, the appropriate advice. The other um, service within Queen's that I should mention is the University Disability Service and this is for students with disabilities or long-term conditions. These students are really encouraged to register with the Disability Service to ensure that their individual needs are assessed and that the relevant support recommendations are put into place in terms of their teaching and their assessment. So I know many students have already done so, but if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't uh, registered with Disability Services and you feel that you may benefit from their support, please do contact them. And if you're not sure how to do that, you can speak to your personal tutor or any member of staff who will signpost you uh, to the correct um, resource. There are two disability advisors within the school, uh, Dr Gary Laverty and Dr Deidre Gilpin. The other um, support network that we have locally, of course, is the the student-led pharmacy student wellbeing and um, mental health group. And I know, Molly and Adam, you have a key role uh, within uh, that support group. And I wondered maybe if you want to tell us about some of the supports that they have and will be offering. Yeah, so um, recently, just yesterday actually, we hosted a coffee morning for staff and students. So um, we'd base that in the theme of connection and connecting both staff and students just to relax and go to just for a place where they can speak to each other where it's not anything academic related, where it's just really to offload. So with ourselves we do try to, to like have events like that just times where students and for staff as well because it's a stressful time for the staff too um, and it's it's difficult as well because you don't really get as much opportunity just to sort of speak to your to your lecturers or like speak to them just about things that are going on in your life other than your classes and your lectures and exams so um, we do try to introduce more events such as that and I know that we do have an event coming up as well and um, for students coming around exam times so we're going to be doing like study sessions and revision sessions so um like it's just another sort of support for for students especially if you don't really know where to start and if you find that you find or like if you find that you feel yourself getting really distracted when you are going to to study so it's a good way we're doing it in like set blocks as well so you know that you're going to be studying within that time frame um, but we do offer like a good bit of support as well for students so we're like the first port of call that um, a student can go to if they are feeling as though they need to speak to someone or just if they're not like feeling 100% like it's can be any sort of condition at all but we'd be more so like we're there to help support them but we'd be the signpost in that situation as well and um, so we're really just sort of like the friendly face that someone can have a chat with and um, like speak how they're feeling about. 
Great, thank you. Uh, the study sessions sound like an excellent initiative and I wondered if you could tell us a little more about those or if a student is listening to this podcast and is interested in taking part of those, how would they get more information? Yeah, um, so this is the first session, well hopefully the first of a few, will be taking place on the 23rd of March in the Lecture Theatre 2 in the NBC. And it's basically just going to give, it doesn't matter what year group you're part of, you can just come in and it's just an opportunity for everybody to work together in kind of like silent study, but where it's really regimented where we'll be kind of, we'll be in charge of the schedule. So say an hour of work, so it's really focused work and then we'll take a 15 minute break, but then we'll be able to say to everybody, look, it's time to get back to it. So it's actually time that you're using well, rather than what well, we all know, you can go to the library and you can sit for four hours, but you've actually done 20 minutes of work. Because you walk down the stairs and you see somebody, you go to the toilet, you go into the cafe, you go for a walk around Botanic, and when you go for a coffee, it's for your seventh one of the day, but you still go anyway. I mean, so it's it's so easy to get distracted, especially in an area where so much is going on. So it is just good to have that one sort of like quiet space where you know if I go here, even if that's the only thing you do that whole week of your revision, you've still got something done that was worthwhile. Excellent, really good initiative and sounds like good advice. Um, the other services that are available uh, within the university are the Student Wellbeing Service uh, and they offer a range of supports to students including one-to-one appointments, drop-in services and counselling. Um, and at a future podcast we're going to have a representative from Student Wellbeing uh, talking more in more detail about their services that they provide. Uh, we also have learning development services uh, within Queen's um, and they offer um, sessions on topics such as preparation for assessment, on study skills and on time management. And they also um, offer one-to-one consultations uh, for students that maybe need that generic advice around uh, revision and uh, thinking of assessments and preparing for assessments. And again, there will be further information on that in our uh, next podcast. Great, thanks Paul. Yeah, that's set to be a great podcast so we're looking forward to having the folks down from those central support teams who will be able to let us know about what support they offer, how we can engage with that a lot of you know the support that will follow on or tie in with the things that, that you have all spoken about today which has been great so it's fantastic to know that there is stacks of support that's structured and also unstructured within the school for, for folks that are getting close to the exam time. I guess so far what we've talked about is stuff that is mostly within our control and control the students. Um, I, I guess it's probably a, a good time to talk about stuff that might be outside of a student's control as, as exams are coming up, just around things like exceptional circumstances, which is the term that we would use here at Queen's. Uh, Paul, I guess, you know, could I ask you maybe just to spend a, a bit of time just talking about exceptional circumstances, you know, any advice you might give to students who might be encountering those circumstances and what they can do on the run-up to the exams? Yeah, that's right, Dan. So, of course, things don't always go to plan during um, the course of the academic year. And sometimes things will impact on students personally, and that can impact on their academic progress. So if students feel, if you're listening to this and you feel that there are circumstances going on in your life um, that are impacting on your learning and perhaps impacting on your studies or assessments, and this can particularly become problematic around deadlines for you know, assessment deadline dates, but also around exams, it's really important to let somebody know within the school at the earliest opportunity, and that could be your personal tutor or your advisor of studies, and they will give you advice on uh, the best options that are available for you. Um, It's important to do that at the earliest opportunity, um, ideally before the assessments happen. Um, So exceptional circumstances, it's as Dan mentioned, is a a procedure within Queen's, and they've defined um, various categories 
um, of circumstances that will fall under the remit. So things like, you know, illness, a short term illness, for example, around the examinations or indeed a longer term illness or hospitalisation um, could impact and fall under exceptional circumstances as well. So unfortunately, these do, these uh, scenarios will and do arise every year. But just to reassure students that there is lots of support within the university, the key thing is speaking to a member of staff at the earliest opportunity to get the appropriate advice um, and not to sit an examination if you feel that you're negatively impacted. Um, um, it's important that you do get the appropriate advice from a member of staff beforehand. Yeah, good stuff. Thanks, Paul. Yeah, and I think that's a really important thing to reinforce is that the exceptional circumstances process is another element of support that we offer to students. Um, I think it can be forgotten about sometimes. I think it can be viewed as something that you kind of think about if something happens you know, down the track and there's no other way around it. Um, but it's, it, it is a good idea to really think about that as a, a support measure. And if you need it, it's a really, really good idea to, to avail of that as well. So I, I think we've covered a lot of really important things, lots of really good bits of advice. What I might do just before we do finish up, um, and as Paul's mentioned we do have a, another number of podcasts in the series and we'll probably hear from everybody in the room again at some stage as we get closer to exams with a bit more advice and, and a bit more information um, I just wanted to put all three of you on the spot just before we do finish up and ask you all for one piece of advice that you want to give we've talked about lots of different stuff you've all given lots of really good bits of advice and guidance and talked through the support Adam I'm going to start with you unluckily <laughs> you're the first person I've looked at if there was one bit of advice you could give to anybody who was listening to the podcast in terms of what to do on the run up to exams and as they're starting to think about exams now what would it be? Uh, definitely just stay active I think as Paul said earlier on taking breaks is probably almost just as important as what you're actually sitting down to learn because if you don't take the breaks you're not giving your brain actually the chance to take in the information you're trying to absorb so definitely just if you do if you play football if you go to the gym or even just go for a walk or run up downstairs a couple of times like it literally doesn't matter just even the actual moving can help you learn I know I used to, whenever I was younger in school, learning things like languages, I would have walked up and down the living room, just reading, 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 because <laughs> yeah. I don't know why it works, but it, it made <laughs> it the words go in better. Yeah. <laughs> so just stay active, even when you're, you can still even walk around with a laptop in your hand or your iPad, and just if you're still moving, it just keeps you going, and it's just, it just makes it easier. You don't want to be sitting for two months straight, just in your room, well, never I revise, or if I calls it my back cave, because you don't <laughs> see me. So just don't forget that, just stay active. Great stuff. Molly, what about you? Um, for myself, probably would be to get your environment set up for studying um, really early on and um, look at the people that you are studying with as well. Because if, say, if it's one of your close friends from a different course and maybe they're like just with the way their exams work, they might have less or they may have more. But you need to really look at the people that you're studying with and thinking, are they a good influence in me? Are we pushing each other here? Are we structuring our study sessions well? Or are we talking and then going for a coffee in between? Like, obviously, it's very important to take breaks in between. But I think it is really important just to sit down, look at exactly what you're doing when you are studying and thinking, am I making the most out of my time that I have here? And if you do have, I know that having like a good friend that you know that both of you will push each other um, towards doing it is really, really important. And if you can find someone like that to study with, um, in a good environment to study in too it's definitely really important because I find it really helped me with my exams definitely Excellent and last but by no means least Paul My advice would be look after yourself and get a good balance of uh, study and um, you know looking after yourself as I said so things like starting early not cramming building in those good habits early and getting into a structure of revision but also outside of revision getting a good night's sleep 
not doing the all-nighters, um, getting a break, uh, doing the exercise, as Adam has talked about, that can help release tension and helps us relax. Um, eating well, too. It can be tempting to, you know, go to the chippy or get fast food or convenience food uh, to try and save time. But getting that uh, good, nutritious food in can help power the brain and um, help just make us feel better as well uh, during the study period and rewarding yourself too so looking at your revision timetable and when you have accomplished something reward yourself that might be a cup of coffee and a bar of chocolate it might be a beer it might be going to the cinema or meeting a friend for a coffee but whatever it is you know have those small rewards and maybe have something to look forward to after the examinations as well whether that's a holiday or maybe just spending some time with family and friends Great stuff. Thanks, Paul. Very sage advice from all three of you there. Great stuff. So I think that all these for me is just to draw everything to a close here, just to thank Adam, Molly and Paul for all their advice and the information they've provided. We will um, provide some links to some of the various different resources that we've mentioned over the podcast today in the description um, that will accompany this podcast. So please do have a look at those um, if they're relevant to you to get a little bit more information. As Paul's mentioned, um, one of the, the upcoming episodes in this particular series of the podcast um, will feature staff from some of the central support teams at the university as well. He'll be able to provide even more advice uh, and signpost dollar support as well so we're very much looking forward to uh, seeing you all again uh, virtually uh, against the podcast thanks very much for joining us for this one and we'll see you all very very soon thanks for now